Welcome, Devil fans. I'm your host, Bill Botch, and welcome to another edition of the Trap Podcast. It is Saturday, March 4th. I'm still in Costa Rica. The Devils come off of an overtime loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, And we're going to get into the game because there were a lot of amazing things to take away from the game last night. Specifically, let's be real, it was an amazing you have to give props where they're due. It was an amazing performance from Aiden Hill last night. The Devils completely dominated play for the pretty much the entire game. Um, Vegas came out and had a bit of a better second period, but the first period was completely dominated by the Devils. And um, the overtime and the third period were all very, very heavily... The ice was very tilted in the favor of the Devils. The Devils ended up with 50 shots on net compared to 27 shots from Vegas. <clears throat> we, uh, the Devils won in the face-off circle 33-28. to 28. They were out hit, um, which was something that Tom Fitzgerald um, tried to uh, address prior to the trade deadline by going out and getting Lazar. Lazar is going to come into the team. He's going to lead the team in hits. He is a very physical, as he as he said, um, he's a meat and potatoes kind of player. And I think you're going to need these. You're going to need, you know how it is when we get into the playoffs. The playoffs is a, de- a totally different kind of game. You're going to have to win on the inside of the ice. And the Devils have never really been strong in the middle of the ice. We're more of a off-the-rush perimeter type team because we do lack some size especially in our basically in our forwards group our defense has size um but with the addition of Timo Meyer, who I cannot overstate enough the the presence that he's going to bring and he's going to add such a different value to our team that we've been lacking for so long that he is going to be the perfect type of player to complement are skilled wingers who like to play off of the rush. So in the playoffs, you're going to need some dirty goals. You're going to need people to play in the hard parts of the ice in front of the net. And Meyer is arguably the league's best or one of the league's best at playing uh, in traffic. So that is very encouraging. We can't wait to see him. He actually... His first practice, if you guys saw the video, he was in a non-contact jersey, and he ended up scoring a goal, and uh, he got stick taps, and he got some, he got some uh, applause from the team, so that was kind of nice to see. The team seems very fired up to have him. Tom Fitzgerald is... Um, Tom Fitzgerald thinks that Timo Meyer is going to end up falling in love with this team, and uh, I think he will too because he's going to be put in a position to potentially win a championship if he's able to sign a deal here. Hopefully we're able to get him at a reasonable price. Um, as far as I know, there haven't been any talks, but Fitzgerald felt comfortable enough to go ahead and make the trade uh, despite not having a long-term contract extension in place. Now, next year, you're going to be able to get Meyer. You have him for two years, so you're going to be able to get him for $10 million on a qualifying offer. While obviously that's a hefty price tag, 
it's not going to be a problem for the Devils to, to be able to sign him if they needed that extra year in order to um, solidify a contract extension. You know, just going back to the trade and you look at some of the pieces that were given away, and I touched on it briefly um, on, I guess that was Wednesday. Um, you know, I, I've really I've really dove into it and kind of had a chance to think about it a little bit more. And you look at Mukhamadoulin is was the key piece in that trade as far as I'm concerned when it comes to prospects. So, like... Uh, obviously, San Jose is trying to do a pretty big rebuild. They were looking for a lot of pieces, whether that's draft capital or young um, prospects. Defensive prospects, to me, are the way to go. I, I like to build from the back end forward. I feel like finding right shot defensemen, to me, is where I start. And then, obviously, any kind of puck-moving, transitional... Um, good skating defensemen who like to jump into the play and then I build the team down the middle of the ice and then wingers are would be my least um, to me have the least amount of value that's not to say that a, a great winger isn't worth more than a, a shitty center but um, when I build the team that's what I like to do so it didn't surprise me to see that Mike Greer went after uh, Muka Madulin and also got Nikita Ohotuk, to me, not giving up Seamus Casey. Obviously, Nemitz and Hughes were off the table, um, and we still have a Riley Walsh in the system, but Muhammad Dillon was one of our bigger, well-known prospects who's been playing in the KHL. To me, honestly, this kid looks like a serious project. This does not look like a, a guy that is going to be able to hop into the NHL and is going to thrive immediately. I think it's going to take a lot of work. He's very big and he's very rangy and he has a really nice outlet pass. So his first pass is really nice. Um, he's able to stretch the ice for sure. He can quarterback a power play, but he is still incredibly light and he's not very aggressive. He's not very good in front of his own net. Um, I think the transition is not going to be as smooth as uh, some people would think, especially when it comes to first round defensive prospects. So uh, I, I give a tip of the nod of the cap to Fitzgerald for being able to keep a Seamus Casey who is definitely somebody that you thought that could be you would have hate to have seen him go because of his skill set but I could see how San Jose would have wanted him but instead they go at uh, Muka Madulin and I, I think it's uh, safe just because of the amount of Devils prospects that we have the defensive core that we have that's going to be coming up between Nemitz and Hughes and potentially Casey Ball has played incredibly well which is somebody that I want to really touch on. I mean, Kevin Ball over the past, you know, week and a half to me has really played extremely solid, extremely solid. And not just defensively, but offensively as well. He has definitely taken the leash off a little bit. I think 
you know, it's very easy for young defensemen to when they come up into the NHL, they're so concerned about making a mistake that they're not willing to play just instinctually because they, they overthink it a little bit and they want to make the safe play. And I think that he's you're slowly starting to see him grow out of that a bit. He's definitely jumping into the play. I didn't realize he is pretty good in the offensive zone. He's had some quality scoring opportunities. He moves the puck well. Kevin Ball, to me, is... I, I don't see how you take him out of the lineup for Brendan Smith unless something drastic happens. So... If it's up to me, um, even if even if Ball has a, a bad game and gets exposed for a game or two, I would let him work through the growing pains of being a young player, being a depth defenseman, and know that he's going to learn from that and it's going to help build his game because he's somebody that you can plan on being part of the franchise for years to come. You know, you could potentially be losing Graves and Severson in the offseason, Kevin Ball would be a very good a very good option to replace a Graves um, being that uh, and, and get him on the cheap like his salary is not going to be that much and he can continue to develop his game and could potentially be a long-term piece that might be pretty affordable if you put him on a bottom pairing so I really loved what I seen out of Ball. We've already we already know what Brendan Smith is. The guy's been in the league for a long time. He's constantly out of position. He takes way too many penalties. Just the penalties alone, Ball is not putting our team, is not leaving our team shorthanded. So I, I really, I think, um, I think I'm going to continue to ride Ball if I'm rough and let him see where his game goes because at this rate, if you give him another year or two, he could be a legit quality, obviously very rangy. He's only going to get more physical um, as he gets more comfortable and he's going to be somebody that you could use to block shots and everything else he could be a very good depth uh, piece for the team so really love what I've seen out of Kevin Ball another guy who I was curious to see what they were going to do with was Jesper Boquist and, and I don't mean trade I just mean I was wondering if Boquist um, if they were going to make some moves to acquire some people at the trade deadline that played a little bit of a heavier game for the playoffs. I mean, you know, Boquist is not known for being a physical guy. His speed is his um, his main attribute. And, man, did he have an amazing game last night versus Vegas. Now, a lot of the guys had good games, but to me, Boquist really stood out. That was one of the best games I've seen him play. He had an assist on the wood goal. But overall, he had a couple great scoring scoring opportunities. Had a uh, couple shots from tried to go short side, and I think he rang one off the post. Boquist was really all over the ice last night. It was really good to see. I mean, everybody's path to the NHL and everybody's development takes a different amount of time. I'm not giving up on Boquist yet. Um, but I would like to – I'm curious to see what Ruff does with him depending on – what the situation and what our matchups are in the playoffs because he may be looking for somebody that adds a little more uh, heaviness to their game. But you have to love what you saw out of Boquist last night. I mean, the game last night was, was I was very proud and happy to see the kind of um, 
the kind of game that we came out with. We came out in the first period and pretty much dominated. Um, it was one of those games where Akira Schmid, for the first time to me, looked like he didn't necessarily... He was fighting pucks a little bit. And uh, he played well, but he tends to be a guy who, like Vanacek, uh, relies on positioning and um, cutting down angles, rebound control very well. And it just seemed like last night the puck he was was coming into him weird, and he was kind of fighting it a little bit. Um, didn't let up too many soft goals, but um, you know after Vanacek came off of the game in Colorado, in which he kind of had a rough one, and you could tell he was pretty upset on the bench. And uh, I thought it was a smart move for I thought it was a really smart move for the Devils to play Schmid versus Vegas, who is a good team on the road and maybe get Venecek a night off, let him regroup and then play him on Saturday against a struggling Arizona Coyotes team who Carolina beat up on last night. Um you know, you wonder what the you wonder what the future is for Mackenzie Blackwood and this team. I feel more comfortable with Schmid in that than I do Blackwood at this point. Um, Blackwood has played pretty good this year. He's just the story of his career is injuries, and you know, it's a uh, it's hard to it's hard to have somebody be a core piece of your team when they're constantly injured. You know, and that's something that we worried about with Nico Heischer because he had gone through he had caught the injury bug for a couple seasons, um, but. When it comes to goaltending, it's like you you need you need reliable pieces, and I really like what I've seen out of Schmidt, and I'm I'm actually really glad that San Jose didn't try to make him part of the uh, part of the trade because it would have been sad to lose him. He's another Swiss Swiss guy, and um, I think he's just gonna you know embrace the Timo Meyer and Jonas Siegenthaler and Nico Heischer. Uh, that whole Swiss crew that they have in New Jersey now—it's—it's it's just if he could become a if he could become a solid backup or a one B, it'll just um, it'll create that unity within the team even even more. I thought Nico Heischer played an amazing game last night. That Heischer Tatar Mercer line, obviously Mercer scores for the eighth game in a row, which is uh, the longest streak in the NHL. He broke the record for longest goal streak by a player under 21 years old, and it looks like Mercer has really found his groove. Um, he had 10 shots on goal last night. So that whole line is humming. Tatar looks great. I'm really curious to see what happens with Tatar in the, um, in the offseason and what kind of contract he's going to want. And if he could finish out the season and – that line can have the chemistry that it does. I wonder if he's willing to take uh, a team-friendly deal. There's going to be a, you know, Tom Fitzgerald brought it up, and he said that there's going to be some guys that maybe adjust their pricing in the offseason, talking about like a Graves, for instance, um, and uh, possibly a Severson. I don't think Severson's going to be able to stick. I just think he's he's good enough of a defenseman to where he's going to get paid. But I'm curious to see what happens with a guy like Tatar or a guy like Halla um, going into free agency next year.
this looks like a place where people are going to want to play because they know that they have a huge window and they know that there's a, a good opportunity for a potential, you know, we could be cup contenders moving forward. So um, if you can find a role on a team, that goes a long way, especially for some guys that have been journeymen and bounced around for a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if Fitz is able to get a guy like Tatar on the cheap, or Graves especially, uh, on the cheap, if he's able to sign them for maybe a two- or three-year deal at, if it's something that's affordable and fits in with our cap structure. Um, the the Brat jack sharon Govich line. Now, Hughes has only had one goal in his last 10 games since returning back from injury. Um, you know, people seem to be concerned. Did he return too quick? It's like you knew that he wasn't going to be able to keep up the goal production at the pace that he was prior to being injured. That's just not sustainable. Um, I'm not worried about Hughes. I definitely would like to see him get on the board more. But the truth is, Yegor Sharangovich doesn't have any business playing on the second line at all. And last night, he got benched. He obviously turned the puck over in the neutral zone didn't get the puck deep, turns it over, and Vegas turns the puck around on us and scores. And it was a direct uh, a direct goal to his giveaway. Now, Sharon Govich is a great story, and he looks like a very lovable guy, and he is, you know, he's a kid from Belarus, and he's he started off, he had the, he had the Stevie Nicks, um, you know, the video with him drinking on the ice and everything and he's a lovable guy you could tell he doesn't have a bad bone in his body but he to me his game has a lot of deficiencies and his shot is basically all he has to me at this point he could play on the penalty kill a little bit too but he does not skate hard enough he does not play physical enough for a guy that's as big as he is um he looks slow to me and if he's not getting shots in open ice or if he's not finishing, there's really not much to his game. Um, you know, I don't think his forecheck is very good. He, he just, he, he lacks too much for me personally. And I know there's, there's a ton of Sharon Govich fans out there and I'm not trying to stir the pot at all. I just wonder where his place is on this team because wait until Timo Meyer plays on that Hughes line and what that what his game is going to bring to that line. It's going to completely change it. Now, obviously it's not fair to compare Sharon Govich to Meyer, but you're gonna all right, so you're gonna move Meyer or you're gonna move Sharon Govich down. And you're gonna play him what, on the third line? So you're gonna play Halla, Palat, and Sharon Govich, and is that fair to take Boquist out? Because I think that Boquist probably has played better than Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich hasn't scored in two and a half weeks. I would rather see Boquist at this point. I think he adds more speed, especially to that third line where you already have guys that are kind of grinders and Halla and Palat play good along the wall, can play in front of the net. Boquist adds a little bit of speed, a little bit of that you can use in transition. I think Bocus is actually pretty good with his stick too. He gets his stick in lanes. And I and I don't think the Sharon Govich is a fourth line player. So 
you know, I wonder where Sharon Govich is going to fit in with this team moving forward. Um, it's a shame. He ended up, he got benched last night. They moved Palat up to the up to the line with, with Hughes. But it looks like Timo, he had his first practice in a regular jersey, meaning that he was eligible for contact. Uh, he didn't play. And I think that they were maybe giving him another day of rest. There's no, there's no point in rushing him in. They're giving him another day of rest, and they were going to allow him to maybe try to pick up on the, on the Devils' scheme, on their system. And I wonder if he's going to have his debut tomorrow when they play Arizona um, on the road. I am extremely excited to see what he has to bring. Um, he just adds such a different element to our game that is so important, especially down the stretch and into the playoffs. Like, if there's ever been a guy who's going to be noticeable and impactful in the playoffs, it's Timo Meyer. Another guy who, not just because he's been on such a hot streak, but if you look at, like, Dawson Mercer's game, He's obviously not nearly as big and as physical as a Timo Meyer, but he plays in the middle of the ice and he plays around the net. And those are the types of guys that you've seen year after year, the Ryan O'Reilly's and, um, you know, the guys that play around the net and are and play physical, you're going to need some scrappy, dirty goals in the playoffs if you really want to start winning series um, down the stretch. Meyer is a bulldog and a freight train, and we don't have anybody on our team that could go to the net the way that he does. He will be running over people. And that's one thing that, like, I wasn't high on the Devils acquiring Tarasenko, but there's no denying that Tarasenko is a bulldog and can run people over going to the net. And that's something that you're going to need when the game changes as playoff time comes. So I am super excited to see Timo Meyer. I mean, if they didn't play him tomorrow, that would mean that his first game would most likely be on Tuesday versus Toronto in New Jersey, and that place is going to be raucous. I'm going to be flying back from Costa Rica, so I'm not able to catch the game, which sucks. I'm, uh, I'm going to be getting into Newark at like 8 o'clock, so I'll try to maybe watch it on the computer on the plane or... And then I'll listen to it on the car ride home, but um, or I'll DVR it or something, and I'll have to rewatch it. But man, that's going to be there's going to be such excitement in the air. The pickle went out and got himself a Timo Meyer jersey already. I like that he's wearing 96. You have to think like, what is our power play one going to look like? You're going to have Heischer, Hughes, Brat, Meyer, Hamilton. I would stack that up against anybody in the league. You have to really like what you saw out of our power play last night. The puck movement to me was great. If you notice, they're not really our our power play setup is different than the past two years. So we used to have an umbrella power play, and we would pass around up at the top towards the blue line. Hamilton would quarterback it, get it to Hughes. Now they kind of have this setup where they'll have Heischer, um They'll have, like, Heischer and Brat almost like, or, or Palat sometimes, like, almost, like, behind the net, and they'll pass it back and forth, and they'll kind of move it from the goal line out, 
and then look for cross ice passes and if they don't have it then they'll move it to the sidewall and then up to Dougie at the point and then he'll move it around he'll usually get it to Jack and then Jack tries to get it across the ice to Brat but I like this movement that they have down below the goal line it's something that I've seen good teams do and it kind of throws teams off a little bit instead of constantly moving the puck around right inside your own blue line and you kind of leaves you you know you think a block shots from up there or if they if there's a missed pass they could chip it out of the zone I, I like the down low movement that we've seen from the devil's power play as of recently so that's been really nice it's been nice to see the fourth line going Nate Bastian led the team in hits last night he had five hits and he since being um, a healthy scratch he's come back and he's looked pretty good let me pull this up real quick So he had five hits, and he had uh, 14 and a half minutes of ice time, which is pretty – that's kind of a lot. Um, he also had five shots on net. So uh, Bastion has played pretty good. He had a, He's had a couple goals now in his last couple games, and um, you have to like what you've seen out of him. Um, he sure looks like he is back to himself. He had 31 shifts and 22 minutes of ice time last night. He was second amongst all forwards in ice time. He looked really great, um, and he was 50% in the face-off circle. The overtime, I really liked when Ruff put Hughes, Heischer, Hamilton out there. That was the most dominant three-on-three overtime performance I've ever seen in any, in any game. But Aiden Hill... He just stood on his head last night. That guy deserved it. But the Vegas is a good team. I mean, they're 37-19-6, and six, and they're a team that is planning to make a playoff, a real playoff push. They want to be in the conversation for a cup contender. And the, the play that the Devils had last night was a very dominating performance. Coming off of a really exciting and well, you know, the, the Avalanche game had a lot going on. We have this big lead, we give it up, but we were able to persevere. Marino got high stick during the Avalanche game that directly led to a goal that wasn't called. So, I mean, that was kind of that was kind of bogus to me. But um, you know, Nate Bastian also had five shots in that game, so he he led the team in shots in that game. Um, but it was good to see Schmid come off the bench and be able to play solid. I thought he played solid last night, too. That overtime breakaway goal uh, in the penalty shot that went in was a little weak for sure. But the team overall, this is looks like the best Devils hockey team we've seen in forever. And, you know, it's funny. You heard last night uh, Bill Spaulding had, like, a hot mic on going into commercial. And he didn't think anyone could hear him. And he was like, during the first period, and he was like, oh, my God, look how team this, how good this team looks, and they don't even have Timo yet. And it's like, I think that's exactly what we're all thinking too. And um, it's going to be a very, very exciting night, whether it's tomorrow and Tuesday is going to be very exciting. That's going to be a crazy game. Um in Newark as Timo Meyer officially takes the ice with the Devils for the first time. So uh, I can't wait to um, 
I also, you got to give it up to the Devils fans that traveled out to Vegas. I mean, that's a place that is obviously on everybody's hit list when you see, if you're, if you like traveling to see the team, Vegas is a really um, enticing place to want to go catch a Devils game because of obviously all the, all the stuff that the town offers, but I can tell you that I heard a Let's Go Devils chant from my computer last night watching the game. So Devils fans are definitely showing out. And uh, there's definitely been, we broke the internet uh, on on Sunday as the Devils made their trade. So uh, keep up the good work and keep up the, keep up the energy that we have rolling right now because I think it's going to be a really fun next, you know, two months of hockey, including the playoffs. The Rangers went out and got Patrick Kane, and uh, they have a big one today versus the Boston Bruins, who the Boston Bruins have acquired, you know, Dmitry Orlov, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but uh, I think they went out and got Tyler Bertuzzi. The Boston Bruins are stacked. I mean stacked. The only thing that you could hope is that they've looked this good the entire regular season and you've seen it before where a team goes into the playoffs and like they just have a couple bad games and they hit they hit a slump at the wrong time and someone knocks them out because man do they look insanely good they're just top to bottom I mean and uh, they're going to be very tough to beat the east is just a total gauntlet it's like whoever whoever comes out of the east I mean they're going to have to really earn that. So you think uh, you got, you know, the Rangers are obviously a decent team. You have Carolina, who's trying to win a cup. You have the Devils are good now. Toronto, Boston, Tampa. It's like a lot. So we're going to wait and see what happens. But luckily for us, we get Arizona on the road tomorrow. And that should be a game where if we play the way that we did tonight, or last night, I mean, shit, we might put up 10 on them, so. But uh, I'll be traveling back from uh, from Costa Rica on Tuesday. I'll be watching the game tomorrow from here. I hope everybody is uh, enjoying watching good hockey for the first time in 10 years. And uh, if there's anything that you guys want to chat about on the next episode or something, feel free to leave me a line. Until then, I'll catch you on the next episode of The Trap. My name is Bill Botch. Have a great weekend. Bye.